Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on a grand and glorious day, surprisingly. Really, it is. It's grand and glorious out there in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where you've chosen to listen to this fine program, and I do appreciate it. We will engage in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics on, uh, on what is the farewell tour, the final week of the Patrick Lally Show. Here on Information 1000 KSO, many of you are saying, thank goodness. Thank goodness it's finally over. Another, you know, others may be more sentimental. I'll appreciate that. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio and will be here for the duration of this program and this week because your Sioux Falls Sky Force, for which he is the voice. See how I did that? Oh, yes, that was very well done. I think that was uh, grammatically correct, if not a bit uh, clunky, for which he is the voice instead of Dan Peters' voice of the Sky Force, or in the alternative, voice of the Sky Force, Dan Peters. I know. I think grammatically. I think you're you're running the the fine line here, <laughs> but I don't think you have stepped over the line. Well, you, you know, you don't want to you don't want to end the sentence with a preposition. So you say you don't say he is the voice. You know, the, the team that he is the voice of or he is the voice for, you say, for which he is the voice. Yes, the dreaded dangling preposition. I don't like to do that. I know. My my English teacher who who taught me in high school is now living in the Sioux Falls area. So yeah. if I do that kind of thing, Ooh. it will probably get around. We'll and, show and, up. and I will get a Facebook tisk tisk good-naturedly, yeah. I would say. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, I was in, obviously, the word business for 30 years, you know, in the newspaper biz and all that. And I made my fair share of mistakes, but I did, I never learned more than when I became a copy editor. Right. So that was like halfway through my career. And it, it was like, that was the job that was open here in Sioux Falls. And so I'm like, I want to move back. So I did. And I took the job and I didn't realize how much I didn't know. Right. And so for a couple of years, that's all I did. But I had uh, an editor, one of my bosses say to me once after I'd made some heinous error, he said, who was your seventh grade English teacher? <laughs> and it was true. It was true. I, I'm not going to say who my seventh grade English teacher was at St. Joseph Cathedral circa 1977, but there were some things that I had not learned. And it wasn't until I had to do it every day, all day, that I finally learned some real powerful language skills. At least your editor didn't make you diagram sentences or no, anything like that. That right. would have been uh, no good. Maybe if my seventh grade English teacher would have done that, who also is still in the market, uh, that maybe I would have been better. But maybe I just didn't pay attention either. That could have also been the case. Maybe it wasn't the teacher's fault at all. <laughs> mm, could be. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about uh, news and politics and all that. We're glad you're listening on Information 1000 KSOO, maybe on KSO.com or on the KSOO mobile app. We are on Twitter, at P. Lally Show. Uh, this weekend, uh, I went racing, but it was also the big weekend and week, uh, several days of the high school football championships. Uh, did you catch any of that, Dan? Caught a little bit, just bits and pieces. Our man Jerry P. was down there calling a few games. That's right, and he brought the Brandon Valley Lynx home a title yeah. over the Washington Warriors. How about that? And that's what I want to talk about. So, so I'm looking down the results, kind of following along. I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but I, I follow. Uh, and as you know, I'm, I'm uh, uh, Sioux Falls-centric. Is that, that's fair to say, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would, it, yeah. Quite accurate. Yeah, quite accurate. So I'm looking through the results there, and so uh, the T-Area Titans, or we like to call them Sioux Falls T, because yes. part of their school district is in Sioux Falls. They won over uh, Del Rapids, Couriers, which, you know, is in the metro. Correct. Um, uh, and then uh, Sioux, Falls, uh, Sioux Falls College, Sioux Falls Christian High School, they won their game. I, did they pick nah, Sully Bonham something? Can't rem- I can't remember who they played. But they won. They won. It might have been, uh, you know, who they played? Bridgewater, Emory, Ethan. That's the one. And uh, also parts of that in the metro. But so Sioux Falls Christian wins. Congratulations to them. I think that was, was that their second state title? Yeah, second consecutive. And they only started football ever so long ago. It was not that long ago. And so, well, and T wasn't even a school until 10 years ago. Yeah, until breaking away from Lenox. Yeah, the big split down there in Lenox. Sioux Falls Lenox, Sioux Falls T, uh, Sioux Falls Christian. 
And then there was a game, uh, Huron and Pierre, they didn't, because that's the uh, JV 11 man, the splitters who needed their own division so that they could get back to the dome. Yeah, that's that's the ESD yep. championship. And and then uh, on Saturday night, the big the big finale, uh, Sioux Falls Brandon versus Sioux Falls Washington. And uh, Brandon, which has been in the e- ESD for a while, but is now pretty soon they're going to start this Metro Conference, right? It Actually, started. it has started. It started, but they're still like in both conferences, which is, doesn't right, make any yeah. sense. It's stupid. Well, so then I'm reading uh, um, a, a two-day-old story on the front of the or on the front of the sports section today uh, of your Argus Leader, and uh, uh, the uh, the story says that uh, Brandon's the first non-Sioux Falls school to win since whatever it is. It's been like ten years, right? Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not right. How can you have? How can you call a school whose district is in the city of Sioux Falls, partially, a non-Sioux Falls school? You know, I guess to make that, you, you can make that distinction. I think you can make that jump because the school building physically is in the heart of Brandon. The high school, but they have elementary schools that are in Sioux Falls. Oh, yes. What, Fred Assam? Yeah. yeah. It's in the, in Sioux, the, within the city of Sioux Falls. And then uh, Harrisburg, of course, another one. They got like six schools in Sioux Falls. Oh, yes. <laughs> Something like that. But I thought to myself, oh, come on. And T. T. Same thing. Clearly in Sioux Falls. Well, there's like seven of them. Let's go down them. So you got Sioux Falls, then you've got Brandon, Harrisburg, T, Lenox. Um, I think part of Tri Valley, West Central. I don't think Dells comes all the way down. That's seven, seven school districts that are basically Sioux Falls schools. But everybody gets all worked up about it, right? Oh, an ESD school. It's not. It's in Sioux Falls. Come on. Let's just call it what it is, people. So I thought I found humor in that, like people who are uh, the you know the anti Sioux Falls crowd out there taking some some level of solace from the fact that the fine brand of Valley Link taking nothing away from their their accomplishment here they had a great team. Yep, Coach Chad Garrell really did a good job of of making sure that that his team was ready and, and they won the game. Yeah, close game, good game, uh, but they, they got a good defense and they you know they they just beat the heck out of O'Gorman twice with that defense and then took out Washington, which, you know, I was actually kind of happy about because Washington had won three in a row, you know, and I, it was kind of cool to see them come back after losing their streak and then work their way back up through and make it to the title game. But I had no problem with them taking the hit there. So big game. Congratulations to Sioux Falls, Brandon, but let's not, let's not fool ourselves here. This is still, it's just because it's where all the people are. Come and, on now. And how many of those kids from Brandon actually play in Sioux Falls Junior Football? A lot of them. All of them. <laughs> That's how it works, you know. So I, it's just the nature of things. I And it's t- taking nothing away from Brandon. But I just like to tweak my friends in Yankton and Pierre and such. And your enemies in Brookings. My, my enemies in Brookings. No, come on now. <laughs> And and so you've it's just it's the ridiculousness of the system, and we have seven football classes. They're going to add, although the six man thing is apparently in doubt. Have you, have you heard this? Have no, heard? I have not. Because they can't necessarily find, because they weren't going to create another class. They're going to add six man on the bottom of the nine man. But the problem is, there's only so many schools that want to play six man, and it's hard to really to yeah have a competitive. You know, classification yeah. when you only have that many schools. But what I do find interesting, mm-hmm. and I have read up on this, mm-hmm. is that some of the tribal schools are looking to band together and yes. kind of put together, and this would supersede the High School Activities Association in South Dakota, which, which I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. No, I think that's pretty interesting. And, I, you know, part of it is, and this has been a problem in South Dakota for many, many years, um, particularly in basketball. And that is when the tribal schools go to play in in some of the uh, non-tribal schools. And I, this is amazing. And it's not, I, this is not a blanket indictment, okay, at any rate. But it happens. Where the buses coming into town or leaving town will get things thrown at them. And kids like laying down. And I've had this story told to me firsthand from coaches of tribal schools where they have to have the kids 
basically lay down on the ground or on the, you know, cower, get down because people are throwing rocks and such at the buses when they're leaving town. And I, I mean, it's one, of, it's one of those things out there that is just kind of a stain on, and, and it's not a blanket indictment, but it has happened. And I think it still happens. And so if the, I don't know why the tribal schools are doing it, but I think that's a good idea. Well, they play, they, a lot of them play 11 man though, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. Todd County plays 11 man. I know that. That's Rosebud. I don't, Pine Ridge plays 11 man. Yes, they do. Yeah. So that would be cool. And Little Wound is another one of those schools. Yeah. There's, they could probably have a good, but then they wouldn't be, they wouldn't go to the dome, so to speak. No, no, they would not. They would unless, unless they made out a deal of their own with yeah. the University of South Dakota to play a game there. That would be pretty cool. Sort of like the, um, the what's that basketball tournament in Rapid City? The uh, little. The Lakota National. Yes. The, yeah. The Lakota Nation the, invitation. The, the LNI, right? Yep. And uh, where they bring on all these tribal schools to play. And it's a really big cultural event. They could do that with football. That'd be kind of cool. Nothing we're, wrong with it. <laughs> we're, we're behind that. Uh, we're getting a little off topic here, but uh, this is, as I said, the uh, uh, farewell tour of the Patrick Lally Show in our last week here. And uh, we've got a good one to start off the week. Jody Schwan, our old friend from Business, will be here. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. We always have a good conversation. And the common man making his finale uh, P&L statement. I'll have just after the next break in today's topic, uh, Ellis and Trump. What do they have in common? Eh, maybe nothing. We'll find out. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 322 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and it's time for the PL statement when we look through the news and find some things that interest us and, uh, you know, cause us grief, indigestion, that sort of thing, or make us happy. And it happens. And it happens a little bit today. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you something that makes me happy. Uh, first of all, though, uh, there's just a story I saw in the New York Times today. Uh, in North Korea, missile bases suggest a great deception. Uh, so the president has been saying lately um, that he's been touting the fact that, you know, North Korea is not, you know, not advancing their missile program at all. And they've uh, stopped the testing and all that. And there haven't been any launches, but they haven't stopped their program. And that's become increasingly clear from this story. North Korea is moving ahead with its ballistic missile program at 16 hidden bases that have been identified in new commercial satellite images and network long known to American intelligence agencies, but left undiscussed as President Trump claims to have neutralized the North's nuclear threat. So, yeah, they're still doing it. I, you know, I'm, which is not surprising, right? It's not surprising. And uh, it doesn't mean that the, all is lost or anything. Um, but... It's it's also not done, all right. North Korea is not you know neutralized as we like to say, um, and the, you know long way to go. Everybody knows that these things take time, and 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 more power to them if they can move towards denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. But uh, to have that sort of uh, Pollyannish version of it uh, is not good. You have to be highly skeptical of these things moving forward. So best there, but come on. Uh, but the story I really liked was uh, a column by uh, our own Jonathan Ellis, our friend of the show, I should say, friend of the show, Jonathan Ellis at Argus Leader Media, and his is uh, How a GOP Rescue Party Saved Christy Nome's Campaign for Governor. Uh, and the column, which you can find online, uh, sort of details the behind-the-scenes effort that under went on, was going on uh, with the Christy Nome campaign and the degree to which the Jackley uh, primary with Christy Nome really tapped her financial resources and uh, they came out of the primary actually in debt, had to raise a lot of money. And that uh, the, the, the reverberations of that primary, which was kind of nasty, um, continued to be felt and is most evidence in the fact that Billy Sutton carried Hughes County, home of Marty Jackley and of course state government. Um, and, you know, Marty had a lot of fervent support out there. And I think a lot of people thought that um, he would have a better showing. And I think that there was a, probably a lot of disappointment and bitterness over that campaign. But, you know, welcome to the show. You have to remember that Marty Jackley never had a real campaign the entire time he was attorney general. He was appointed by Governor Dugard and all that. And, it, you know, it doesn't take anything away from his accomplishments as attorney general. But the fact is he'd never really run a contested statewide election. And he got his head handed to him. Yes, 
in those cases, there's often bitterness. But I want to. But the point is, I want to uh, commend Ellis on this column because it does what so many South Dakota reporters have the inability to do, which is to tell me what's really happening. And I, I said this through my entire uh, editing career. Tell me what's really going on, because invariably, particularly government reporters would come back and tell you these, you know, stories, these fantastic stories they would tell you. Oh, it's fantastic. Listen to the story. And then they'd write it and none of that would be in there. Right. Because they lack the ability to tell you what's really going on, to source it in a way that made you comfortable with it. But that's why Jonathan is the best investigative reporter working in the state today. And this column is awesome because it does give you a glimpse in behind the scenes of a very hotly contested campaign and just what it takes sometimes. It's not easy. It's not simple, even if you're the Republican, to win statewide election. And Christy Noem was ultimately victorious, as we know, and it was close, as we know. And to uh, see those machinations and the efforts that were underway to get everybody on the same table in the re- at the same table in the Republican Party were were pretty substantial and involved a lot of people uh, in in positions of power uh, in in the halls of the Congress uh, in back in South Dakota pulling together all the big leaders to try and make sure everybody was on board. That's reality, okay? It's not kumbaya. It's never the way uh, government or politicians want you to see things. And that's why Jonathan's good. Because he takes, he puts in the time, effort, and research to build the personal relationships that it takes to find out what really happened. So kudos to Jonathan for that column today. Made me happy when I read it. Uh, I hope to see more of that kind of journalism in South Dakota, but alas, it is in short supply. That's the bottom line on today's PNL. You can agree or disagree with me, patrickksoo.com, Twitter at P Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we've got the common man, the big finale for the one, the only common man. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and I welcome on the phone lines for Weird Friends, my, one of my very best friends, I say that sincerely, the common man, Johnny Nichols, who's, uh, who's been kind enough to follow me in this escapade the entire whatever months we've been doing this year (laughs) and a half, Uh, and, and really one of the the best the best parts of this program and people mention it to me all the time they're like who is that common man i like that guy <laughs> who is that idiot anyway who, who is that guy i i want to hang out with that guy <laughs> uh, well it is it is it's in in uh, it's been an honor patrick and uh, to be able to shoot the breeze with you and your listeners and dan uh it's, it's something to to, to make been a highlight of my weeks for, for for some time just to be able to get me thinking about stuff and stuff to talk to you about so it's made me a better citizen. Oh, that is certainly high praise coming from you, Mister Common Man. That is that's <laughs> impressive. I like that. I, we got to get that. We're gonna pull that out just whenever I have, you know, something going bad. I'm just gonna hit that <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, but uh, uh, I should say, uh, Common, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about baseball. We're, we're both uh, a lifelong Minnesota Twins fans. Whenever I really want to know something. You're the guy I go to, okay? And so uh, we got a lot of things. Maurer is retiring, right? Yep. Now, I, I think we, 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 yeah, he announced it. We both think that this is this is the best, right? Certainly, yeah. Well, I mean, as he said, when he, when he got another, basically another concussion or a couple of weeks of concussion sin, symptoms mm-hmm. from diving for a foul ball, mm-hmm. that kind of tells you that, yeah, you're, being in professional sports is not something you're probably have a long future for. And for his long-term health, that's the best thing. The best result possible for Joe is to hang him up and move forward. Yeah. And it's, it's some measure it's too bad, but he got 15 seasons in the big leagues. I mean, it's not like he had a a really shortened career. No, you you can't say he was, you know, he had a Gale Sayers experience or 
um, where it was just cut tragically short. It, you know, I think Joe probably was robbed of a lot of good results in his career, and the Twins have just got an ungodly bad track record with things like that. If you think about Justin Morneau, uh, Corey Koski, some of the, the great players, you know, all of those guys cut down by concussions early in their career and lost productivity in their career because of that. It just makes you go, what on earth or what crack did the Twins management yeah. step on in an earlier life to bring that on? It's kind of wild because, you know, he did have, the first 10 years were so good. And you say, well, it's clearly he was on trajectory for the Hall of Fame and all that. But And you can say that about a lot of guys, though, if only they didn't get injured. You know, it's just that it's such a weird, it was just a knee to the head was that, that really that big one that, that turned, turned the tide. I just don't think he could ever see the ball the same as he did before that. Then the change in stadiums, you know, yeah. the, the target field is a much bigger, expansive place. And Joe hit 28 home runs last year in the Dome. And if, if you took the, the footage that it needed over that left field fence for all 28, it would probably be 35 feet. <laughs> That's right. Dangling, so, rattling around in the folded down seats out there. Yep. Just over the top of the plexiglass, home run Joe Maurer. So, I mean, that's so ballpark injury, things like that. But what the Twins are just left with now, though, Patrick, it's tough is who in the heck are the Minnesota Twins? Yeah. I mean, there, there's no, no Dozier, no Maurer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look around for an identity for this team, uh, I mean, if you've got a new manager, you don't even have a, a, a long historical line of Tom Kelly uh, associates to, to go through. Um, or or a person with Minnesota track record like Paul Molitor to say who oh yeah that's our Minnesota guy you don't you don't have a Minnesota guy anymore you got Rocky Baldelli eh yeah, Rocky <laughs> Baldelli oh not for nothing <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a new era I it's gonna be hard I I'm not gonna lie to you you know I'll still be I will have my interest and and but they've got to hook me you know they got to hook me I don't want to I don't want this to turn into a Pittsburgh Pirates situation. <laughs> Well, and that's the fear, right? Because they have had that bankable guy, or at least a couple bankable guys that Twins fans, oh, well, I know they're not doing so well, but, oh, geez, that Brian Dozier's so nice. I'm going to go out and, you know. Yeah. Oh, my geez. Oh, gee whiz, he hits a lot of, well, sure, he strikes out a whole bunch, but gee whiz. <laughs> you know, it's so, you know, that guy, that bankable guy, the guy who brings people to the park, Matty uh, Rosario? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miguel Sano, well. Well, Sano, I mean, you know, Sano and, and Buxton, there was a chance there, but, you know, I, is Sano the next Kirby Puckett? I don't, I don't think so. And mm. those guys are struggling mightily. You're right. There's just, there's nothing to really hang your hat on. Yeah, it's, it's a tipping point season for them. And so maybe that's why they brought Baldelli in to get a new look at it. Maybe, you know, maybe it's going to be a stripped down season. Maybe it's going to be back to 60-70 wins again next year. Yeah, <laughs> that's baseball. There you go. That's baseball. It is in the small market world. Um, hey, uh, and that doesn't we – we don't talk about the Timberwolves very much, though, but this uh, this Jerry, Jimmy Butler thing, that's it's got to be good to just – Oh, God, just, just, just be done with it. Just get him out of there. Just, yeah, you know, it, it, it's always <laughs> – well, the thing about Jimmy Butler is, and, and people are upset about it, but what the thing that he did is he called off out the two big mm-hmm. poster boys for Minnesota Timberwolves basketball, Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins, and said, mm-hmm. you guys are soft. If I have to wait and sit here and wait for you guys to get in playing Fortnite all night and come in <laughs> an hour and a half before tip-off yeah. and ask who we're playing. <laughs> That's bad. I'm not, I don't want to play with punks like that. No, and he made a very good point. He maybe didn't do it in the best way possible. But that that little uh, exhibition he put on by saying, "Hey, I'm going to come out and practice with four guys from the end of the bench, and we're going to whoop up on you." We're going to beat them, and they did. And they oh. did. That's you're just like, well, okay, no, he's got a point. Good point. That is ten ply toilet paper soft. <laughs> I mean, that is you, they, Mr. Whipple couldn't squeeze that much Sherman. That's sad to see. Um, hey, uh, Johnny, can you hold on a little bit? I want to ask you about something else here. In Certainly, yeah, absolutely. Right. We're going to come right back and finish up with the common man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
346 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are chatting with the common man on Weird Friends. And uh, Common, uh, did you see this? I just got a chance to see this on YouTube, and I wanted to ask you about it because I missed Saturday Night Live on Saturday because I was, I was tired and I was sleeping. Because that's what you do when you get old. You go to bed about 9.30. Right after dinner at 4. <laughs> that's exactly it. And uh, But uh, because you are always uh, uh, my voice of reason on a lot of things, uh, culturally and politically. Um, and I'm wondering if you if you saw the uh, the appearance by uh, Ben, not Ben Crenshaw. <laughs> I put See, that in your head. Yes, <laughs> you did. And uh, Dan Crenshaw, uh, the congressman-elect and former Navy SEAL on Saturday Night Live, with uh with the on the weekend update thing there did you see that yes yeah i did and it was and it was well done well played by uh both men there and the brouhaha came from pete davidson making a joke you know mm-hmm. they, they do what people celebrities look like mm-hmm. uh, you know or, or people in the news look like and mm-hmm. he made a, a joke uh, um, you know an attempt at a joke mm-hmm. about uh dan crenshaw looking like uh he wears an eye patch yeah. because he lost an eye in the war uh, as looking like a, you know, I think it was a uh, hitman uh, in a porno. Hitman in a porno movie. That's it. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of funny, but it's also very, very mean. It's in, yeah, in, in, in incredibly poor taste for yes. for the reason that. But uh, you know, and but in the, and the point is, is, comedians often push lines uh, in in search of humor, and uh, just that that one crossed it, you know, and clearly crossed I, it. But what I like is is the ability here of Pete to admit that he did it and then really sincerely uh apologize having uh uh dan crenshaw on with him sitting there making fun of him you know it 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 demonstrates that you just you have to be able to take it right well yeah give it take it that's a lesson you learn in a big family in the north end well if you want to you want to give people a hard time guess oh boy guess it comes back no so be ready doesn't it yeah and so yeah so but he I thought it was a noble gesture. Pete Davidson lost his father on 9-11. Yeah, I didn't know that. And that was so, really interesting. Uh, I thought uh, Con- uh, uh, Mr. Crenshaw did a wonderful job of not only uh, accepting the apology uh, from Pete, but also uh, to, you know, to pull it in together. It wasn't just a, a veteran's issue. It was a citizen's issue, and that was a, it, all of us should never forget, especially today, Veterans Day, celebration of Veterans Day, that... Uh, to, War has we want to fight with each other all the time. That's great. That's what this country is all about. But in the end, it, it's it's a we all have to rally around our common goodness. Yeah, and he was in, our in better the, angels. Yeah. Oh God, I wish those were there. And it's a, but it is to me, it's a lesson for politicians, really. Um, and I thought Crenshaw said it pretty well, which is at some point, I don't even know if it was on Saturday Night Live. It was in an, another interview. Is you know you you got it. You got to be able to not get offended over every little thing, right? Because, yeah, okay, this, this you know, comedian made a, a distasteful joke about him, but, you know, he's got worse things have happened to him in his life. Yeah, nobody has to be fired or, or thrown onto a desert island. It's, you know, it's just apology accepted. Uh, let's, let's move on. And yet still... You know, I'd, I'd actually tweeted about that, Patrick. I said, hey, good good job on both those. And people, you know, were tweeting, responding to me saying, oh, he's a so-and-so and he's a this. I said, come on, two people just did a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And can't we just enjoy a little bit of humanity there? Where it's like, hey, we're, we're good. We're solid. Mm-hmm. You may not agree. We're okay, though. Let's move on. That's uh, a beautiful thing. Yeah, and also uh, Pete Davidson uh, was really funny. <laughs> yeah, he was in the, the he looked like martin short from the jack frost so that was you know, <laughs> the cracks they wrote good material for for uh congressman crenshaw yeah. so that was uh, you know he, he delivered it pretty well yeah. it was pretty nice yeah. well and i i uh i saw i read somewhere that they actually told crenshaw that they he could write his own jokes like he so they they worked on coming up with the the insults of pete which was good they were they were funny. I also like the fact that Davidson said, "Finally, something that Republicans and Democrats can agree on." I'm a boop. yeah. So that was great. And the other thing I loved was my. Po- can you imagine being my mother? My poor mother. Everybody yeah. in the world's making fun of say hates your your son and your roommate and your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> it was good stuff. It 
was. In a, in, in, on, a, on a sadder note, uh, just recently uh, from News Today, I, mean, I don't know if you've even seen this yet, Patrick, but uh, Stan Lee from Marvel Comics passed away. I did see that. That's unfortunate. I couldn't believe how old he was. He's 95. 95. So I, I, I was telling my son, who's kind of a comic book guy, I said, you know, it's, it's great that he got to live to see the zenith of you know the whole Marvel world mm-hmm. just exploding. And I know uh, uh, comics, uh, the Marvel world especially, especially dear to one of our, our very dear friend and Mm-hmm. You no, know, I always thought about like comics were kind of like to him what bicycling is to you, mm-hmm. and it's the same to me. And it's something that that uh, most of us really, really loved until we were thirteen. Yeah, and then right. moved on. But <laughs> you guys keep carrying the torch. Good for you. No, it's a you know it's a hobby for some people. <laughs> I'm sure, remain nameless. You might be on the program tomorrow. <laughs> the uh, uh, but um, it is an amazing thing. And I heard an interview with Stan Lee uh, about Spider Man, which was his you know, sort of his zenith, really, and the thing he uh, is most proud of. And he presented it to his editor at the time, and his editor hated it, <laughs> thought it was the dumbest thing he'd ever seen. <laughs> Turns out, Spider-Man did all right. Yeah. I mean, don't you wish you just had, you know, that, that that guy's name could still be, somebody could go and say, yeah, oh, by the way, uh, you know, Joe Schmo said this was a bad idea. <laughs> just, yeah, Joe, would you like to borrow a couple, I don't know, million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> just walk up to him every day and go, Spider-Man. Yeah, just, say, Spider-Man. just whisper Spider-Man in his ear yeah, every 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, Johnny, before I let you go, man, uh, again, I just I really want to thank you for being on this program with me almost every week. When Whenever you could, you were here, and I, I deeply appreciate it, and I... I People don't uh, really understand uh, how much work it is because you actually came, you come prepared uh, and you know what you're talking about and you're a funny guy. And I deeply, deeply appreciate your support and your friendship in my program. Patrick, best of luck to you always. And I've, I've always appreciated my parole officer for giving me work release to come on and talk on the phone with you. <laughs> it's, it's very nice to be able to, to share these couple of minutes with you and get out of the cell block. That's so I appreciate right. that. But all the best in going forward for you. And we will, of course, be talking soon. Yeah, very soon. And uh, uh, best of luck to your Packers, okay? <laughs> we'll need it. All right. See you later. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Take care. Coming up on the on the program after the news and weather at the top of the hour, Jody Schwan of Sioux Falls Dot Business. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Three fifty eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. I can't believe it. I forgot the joke. I had the common man on. For the last time, forgot and, the joke. And you had time to do it, too. I know. I just I shorted it. Ah. Okay. Uh, a, a horse, a grasshopper, and a rabbi walk into a bar. Oh, wait. No, I don't know. That's, that's not really a joke. I will tell you that live on stage, Sioux Falls presents five sacks, 7 p.m. at the Washington Pavilion. This Friday night, it is modern-style saxophone quintet performing songs rooted in classical music, jazz, South American, Latin, and European folk. Five Sacks is known for their creative choreography and unique arrangements. For more on that or any other event in the Sioux Empire, go to KSO.com. You know, tonight I was also, uh, I'm going to this trivia thing tonight down at the Full Circle Book Co-op. Be down there, hang out with us tonight, have a good time. Love the, if you haven't been to the Full Circle Book Co-op, get your hinder down there. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Jody Schwan from SiouxFalls.Business as the farewell tour continues. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOR. Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and the farewell tour continues with one of our most frequent guests and one of our best guests because Jody knows everything. Jody Schwan, who is the founder of SiouxFalls.Business and uh, very well known in the community for reporting on all kinds of business development, uh, retail, restaurant, uh, leadership, uh, all kinds of good stuff that is pertinent to our daily lives. And Jody, thanks for coming in today. Well, thanks for having me. This is a bittersweet appearance, though. I'm happy for you, of course, but uh, I'll miss these chats. Yeah, you know, well, over the years, we did, you and I did a version of this program. That's funny, because I just flashed back to this exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When we, uh, at the the Argus Leader, we're both at the Argus Leader, we did a weekly online 
uh, conversation. So picture, like, how would you describe that space? <laughs> oh, the first one? Yeah. Oh, the um, between two ferns? Well, right. Yeah. So there was that. And then we, th- we really tried. I mean, like, yes. they, they created this studio, you know, yep. within the, the newspaper building. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It was Green cool. screen. You know, they kind of had the green screen going on. Green room. Remember, there was a little furniture sponsorship involved. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> I were really on the up here. And then, <laughs> I don't we know what. Nice furniture. Oh, it was very well. Yes, it was sponsored. It was very nice furniture. Yeah. We had a producer. Yeah, remember? Um, yeah, and then we took questions online. People would it was say, interactive. What, it was what's engaging. going on? We'd promote this thing for like a few hours before. You know, yeah. we're, we're just fortunate that the internet didn't crash for all the viership. That, yeah, you well, know, it was crushing into this show. Yes, and and then you know the sadness kind of took that space, and I'm pretty sure the second of two life-size cutouts of myself that remain <laughs> um one of those is in that room somewhere <laughs> just pretty much become a closet do you not have one of those not anymore i oh. took one and it has been disposed of i'll just say oh, i mean what okay. do you do well With i'm the... sure there are plenty of uses <laughs> for a life-size cutout yeah just never mind no nope. well and you were in the window no, yeah, and you know what? This was sad too. Speaking of our former employer, yep. I'm literally driving home one day last week, and they're they were removing a couple of oh, the no. faces from the window. Um, and I flashed back to when our wonderful facilities person one morning came in my office, and he said, "I'm feeling really guilty right now." I said, "Why?" And he goes. I just spent the last 90 minutes chipping off your face. <laughs> How do you respond to that? I don't know. I'm sad for it's you okay. as well. <laughs> don't worry about it. But yeah, I mean, when you think about it, most of those faces are no longer there or, or they're in different roles. So I get, I don't know, maybe they've all been taken down at this point. I was removed not because I was leaving the organization, but because they realized we were in violation of the signage ordinance. Yeah, <laughs> for right. having too much display total, signage on the building. Total it display happens. signage. And so we had to reduce it slightly. It's an honest mistake. Yeah. Yeah, no, I happen to be on the end. I mean, they weren't, <laughs> they, they weren't just taking it out of me. Well, if you have to reduce your space, you can't just take right. it out of the middle. No, no. Well, it's okay. That's okay. Uh, ah, the old days. Right. Um, but uh, since you have gone on to uh, great things with Business, which, uh, you know, I think uh, one of the most interesting things about talking to you uh, periodically on this program has been uh, watching and listening to the development of which is really a, a a new business model. Um, you didn't invent it necessarily, but you have tailored it to this community. And uh, that's pretty amazing. Now that you've been doing this for, how long is it for you? It will be two years in March. Two years in March. That's amazing. Um, is, are you are you surprised at the way it was welcomed into the community? Yes and no, I guess. Um I guess I've been here long enough to see how this business community supports such a broad range of businesses, large and small, um, new and established, that no, from that standpoint, it didn't. And yet when you are creating something new, it's unproven. You know, it's still a little bit of a risk for anyone to get involved with you. So from that standpoint, I was just more grateful than anything. Um, And I continue to be grateful because... We hear from new businesses all the time that want to be involved some way that mm-hmm. I think are either beginning to figure out the business model and see applications within their own organization, or they are fans of the product, they're readers of the product enough that they just know that they want to be connected to it and they want to be a part of it somehow. So that has been extremely rewarding. And yet, you know, you never take it for granted, I don't think, when you're a small business owner, at least you shouldn't. Um, So I'm just mindful every day. I always think we could be doing more. I always think we could be delivering more. But um, objectively, when I pull back and I look at how things are going, uh, I'm pretty proud of it. And I think there's still a lot of room to grow, which is important. Now, you are using a particular business model, which is sponsored content, uh, native advertising, whatever you want to call it. but you also have the reason that people come to your site and follow you on Facebook and get your newsletter is not so much the fact that they know they can get uh, uh, stories uh, that uh, information from from uh, uh, supporters and partners, but also there's just a, a lot of news. 
Right. right? And I that's mean, the ultimately, idea. Ultimately, that's, that's what draws the moth to the flame, right? And that's the part that, frankly, I think I underestimated, which is amusing because my background is in media. So you think I would have respected the value of a media platform more. Um, and I'm not sure I did. I, you know, I sort of created it as a little bit of an afterthought. I mean, I saw the need in this area for content marketing, mm-hmm. and I still believe in that. It, the demand speaks for itself there and the effectiveness, if you can do it right, of content marketing. Um, it's just hard to argue with. But layering in that media platform, which brings in so much more additional audience uh, for our partners has been critical. And it is a differentiator. I mean, while I think we're unique in the content marketing that we offer, there are still other places you can go for content marketing services. Mm -hmm. But few have wrapped it up, I think, in a way that we have uh, that layers in native advertising along with a really defined audience. You know, it's important to know who you're marketing to increasingly. And the fact that we have been able to cultivate this audience of decision makers, of professionals, is a really valuable one for businesses. And not that Anybody couldn't do it if they had the idea and work hard and do all that. But you also had the reputation. And and that you were banking on the fact that you had a big Rolodex and a reputation and and you know a a a you know a, a history of news gathering. Yeah. You absolutely. combine all those things together, that's a pretty unique mix. Not everybody's gonna have that. I think so. You know, it's amazing to me seeing uh, college students majoring in entrepreneurship, you know, or <laughs> that's right. people coming out of school or maybe, you know, a couple years out of the workplace and starting a small business. I think it would be incredibly difficult. I give them a lot of credit. I give the ones who succeed a phenomenal amount of credit. Uh, I would not have been able to create this business if I had done it at a different stage in my career because I think it took that long of building relationships, of hopefully building credibility to be able to launch in the way that I did. And the the right point in history. I think so. Um, I love the media world, uh, and it is at such an interesting crossroads right now. And I think that's just going to accelerate. I'm glad I did what I did when I did it, but I think the years ahead are going to bring additional opportunities to maybe change that media landscape a little bit. Yeah. We're going to come right back and talk more with Jody Schwann. She is the founder of Siouxfalls.business that you can find online at Siouxfalls.business, not.com. And on Facebook and a newsletter you can get twice weekly that keeps you up to date on all the major developments in our community from a business and a retail development entrepreneurship and all the rest. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four twenty on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we are chatting with Jody Schwan, founder of Sioux Falls Business and uh, all around knower of things in Sioux Falls. Uh, and uh, Jody has uh, been a frequent guest on this program, and I deeply appreciate that. Um, so let's talk about business and development a little bit. Um, I saw this is a bi- this is a big deal. Okay, uh, on your site right now, Sioux Falls Business. Is the is the 85th Street and I-29 interchange, and I think you know in some places they would look at this and go, "Oh, you're you're getting a new road. That's <laughs> no. pretty. That's pretty a groundbreaking stuff there." But this is a big deal. Well, I was so happy actually that we had this published on the site because I knew we could talk about it today, and it's a great fit for your show and. Uh, yeah, to your point, I, I thought to myself, all right, is it just the, the government and development geek in me that is so <laughs> excited about this story? <laughs> it's, and it's so it's significant. We'll talk about that. But um, no, my social media reaction to the piece today was very encouraging that other people think that this is also <laughs> a bit. We're up to 144 likes on this story <laughs> on Facebook. Good. So you all understand uh, what a uh, milestone this is for the future interchange, hopefully, at 85th and 29th. So uh, to get a little more government geek, um, there are a number of things that need to happen for a new interchange to be built. And one of the key milestones is this thing called an IJR, or Interchange Justification Report. It is what it sounds like. You need to prove to Federal Highway that uh, not only is an intersection necessary at this location, but that it is not going to have an adverse effect on the rest of the interstate system. And in this case, uh, there was a a little bit of a hurdle to overcome just because of the proximity to the other close uh, exits. There's the interchange with 29-229 and then the first T exit. Yep. So they had to prove that, um, that another one would work. And... 
they worked through this and it was a bit of a lengthy process. But the really unique element here is the public-private partnership, which we talk about these a lot, okay? But I can't remember one that has ever worked quite like this one. So the number of entities involved here, first of all, is significant. You've got the city of Sioux Falls. You've got uh, State Department of Transportation. You have the city of T, Lincoln County, and then a group of, if I counted it up correctly, seven landowners. Some of these are investment partnerships, um, but private landowners that all came together to move this forward. And the key thing here was the landowners upfronting the money to hire consultants, engineers privately to get this IJR done. Uh, they are also going to do that with the next step, which is an environmental assessment, as well as with the preliminary design. So when you have private entities uh, hiring these outside experts, frankly, it can just go quicker. Right? You don't have to go through uh, some of the same processes that the public sector does to hire. Um, you still have to meet the same federal requirements, but you mm -hmm. can get the work done somewhat faster. So that's significant, and uh, the fact that the city of Sioux Falls uh, was willing to come to the table last year with a pre-annexation agreement that allows for uh, repayment uh, in the form of reduced planning fees once these developers actually move forward and develop their property, um, so they will get their money back, assuming all of this happens. If there is no interchange built, uh, then they're out their money, and they have committed as a group to uh, front uh, about four million dollars, so it's not a small amount. No, it's a lot to of money. Move this forward, and these you've got. Uh, I mean, they all have companies that are. These uh, are known names yes. for the most part in the community. Lloyd Companies, the uh, the Benson family, which is Brentwood Place Inc. I don't know what that is. Uh, that's just the name of their. Yeah. Um, you got the Hegg Companies, uh, uh, the the Benson and Cutler families, which have development interests. Sanford Health. Uh, uh, Sundowner in Investments, which is Dan Lemmy and the Bruin family, which so you've got those are all big hitters, established developers, yes. you know, existing property owners who, you know, obviously saw the potential in this area a while ago. And there, right. there's significant potential. I mean, we've talked about this for more than a decade as a yeah. community, thinking back to when Sanford had envisioned a research park out there. You yep. know, obviously that changed gears a little bit. Um large-scale commercial. I think the plan for that has shifted with retail. You know, there just simply aren't as many big box stores expanding mm -hmm. or department stores expanding, but you'll still see retail in that area. But the possibilities are, are pretty vast. I mean, hotels could go there, certainly restaurants. Uh, someone mentioned car dealership, housing, apartments. Uh, there's just a lot of land there. Well, it is, you know, it's the last sort of uh, uh, you know, expanse of land, big chunks of land between Sioux Falls and Tees, Sioux Falls and Harrisburg. And I would imagine there's going to be a lot of housing. Don't you think? Well, yeah. And you know, the really interesting part, because uh, those of us who follow these things have been wondering for a while, okay, which community would be the first to touch Sioux Falls? Mm -hmm. Because you had Harrisburg that's getting close, you know, Brandon's pretty close, eventually we'll touch. But it'll be T. I mean, if this yeah. thing moves forward, um, the city limits of Sioux Falls will be contiguous to the city limits of T, and it'll, it'll all tie together around this interchange. And sometimes it all already seems that way because there's housing and different things out there. If you drive to Harrisburg, you're like, you don't really notice, but the actual corporal limits of the cities do not touch. Right. And when we look at the momentum for South Sioux Falls, you know, it's significant. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty much built out from a residential standpoint in South Central Sioux Falls. We've reached about as far south as we can sewer. Mm -hmm. And so now we're going to see this shift, assuming they uh, get this done to the southwest, We're already seeing it to the southeast, but we'll see it to the southwest. And you will begin to see uh, tall grass and sundowner and certainly 85th Street become these really big transportation corridors. Yeah, I sure hope they uh, keep multimodal transportation in mind when they build these I'm things. sure they will. It's <laughs> probably somewhere in that IJR. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, we're going to come right back with Jody Schwan, founder of Sioux Falls Business, and uh, talk more about news in our community, about uh, all kinds of different stuff. There's never enough time, but we'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And there's a waitress with a sweet tattoo. She's gorgeous and in love with you. Uh-huh. 4.34 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we've got Jody Schwan with us today, the founder of Sioux Falls Business, And we've been discussing uh, the business model and some development out there, 85th and then 29. Um, I see, Jody, 
that uh, you are speaking at uh, Million Cups. Is that this week? This it's Wednesday. This Wednesday. That's I awesome. Better start prepping. Yeah, you better put some notes together. <laughs> but it's only a nine-minute ca- uh, presentation, well, right? Well, here's the problem. I did this uh, shortly after I launched the business. So I think it was May of 2017. I think you're, yeah, you're supposed to start for a short amount of time, yeah. 20 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, and I then, can't like, they ask you questions for whatever it was. Yeah. I went horribly over time. <laughs> I think everybody to which does. I said, don't ever hand a former TV person a microphone. It's just, you know, this is what happens. But, I can no, fill I'm the time. And it's fun for me because I speak a fair amount, but usually it's kind of like what we're talking about today, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever's happening around town, people get to ask questions about business. And uh, this is really my chance to talk about my business. So it's a different topic. And it was fun to reflect and to look back a little bit. I did put some notes together just to see how much we've grown and, uh, you know, how the volume has really picked up and our reach and our audience has grown. So, Well, you should tell people fun. what Million Cups is. One Million Cups is a national, I think at least national, maybe mm-hmm. international um, program that uh, involves this idea that uh, one million, if you share like one million cups of coffee, you can foster a, a real culture of entrepreneurship. So it's a weekly gathering, 9 a.m. every Wednesday, and a different small business owner is featured each time. So you get up, uh, most of them are at the Orpheum. Once a month, they go over to Zeal Center for Entrepreneurship. Um, but you talk about your business and then answer questions about your business give a little sense of where you're headed, what your challenges have been. I always like to hear what questions come up around the model. So I'm going to announce uh, a new little thing that we've got going on at SiouxFalls.Business. So I'm excited about right. that. News. And yeah, we'll break just a little bit of news, hopefully. And like I said, reflect on uh, the model a little bit, how it's evolving, um, what our reach has looked like. I wish I had this in front. You would, you would uh, well, you, understand we're not, we're this. Not gonna, go ahead. I don't, yeah, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but that's okay. I looked at how many pieces of content because this is mm, you create yeah. content as well so you would appreciate this yeah. um but i want to say we were something like three thousand pieces of content in you know wow. 20 months or whatever it is we've been in business well it really is amazing me um, and rosemary my yes. my one team member full-time the the incredible rosemary mccoy who between the two of you i really okay having been in the business for so long i continue to be amazed at how much content you two guys crank out it really is amazing. And sometimes I have to explain this to people because now as we're becoming more visible, I'm starting to get more pitches and people, mm-hmm. you know, asking me if we can do stories. And we do the best we can. You know, we still have to apply news judgment to these things. Obviously, not everything is a fit for us or for our audience. Um, and sometimes I just have to say, well, you know, we have to make decisions. And there, there are two of us for the most part doing this. Mm-hmm. And then people go. Oh, you know, there's only <laughs> two of you, because I know from the outside looking in um, that sometimes it appears like more than that. Um, in part, it is, too, because we do work with some wonderful corporate partners. And while we create uh, a lot of the content mm-hmm. for them, we have a number that use in-house teams to help give us that extra support. So they are creating their pieces and then we're helping with the editing and mm-hmm. the strategy and the distribution. So we couldn't do it without them. We would not be at 3000 pieces of content without our partners. Still, even those but, require uh, a degree of work. Um, they don't just yes, show up themselves. Yes, we touch every piece of content in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, and it helps that you get, you two are both seasoned professionals. Well, we've worked together a while now. You've worked with both of us and we complement each other really well. Rosemary's my detail person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not particularly detail oriented in Which some cases. Which is hard cases. for me to believe that you would say that, I'm but going, that's fine. I'm going pretty fast. I'm more of the, <laughs> the bigger idea, like running around town, talking to people kind of person. Um, she's the one who makes sure that I'm not making really dumb mistakes. She's she's saved me many times on that. She's caught me many times. I think uh, you could tell me, but I think I might be the only person in the market to employ a copy editor. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I but it matters, you know, I mean, having that extra set of eyes matters and someone who's trained to catch your spelling mistakes and your punctuation. And then um, she's great at pulling things together, too. So some of our more popular features are be, are due to her. Um, she'll do our top 10 home sales of the week. She puts that together. She puts our popular restaurant roundup together. Um, she pulls together comings and goings. So she's always extremely well read roundup of all the openings and closings of different businesses. Um, she does our people you should know, which is our biweekly look at new hires and promotions and awards and things like that. So she plays a huge role for us. One of the things that is most impressive about Rosemary, she was able to find, not to, this has become the Rosemary show, but she was able to finally, to finally compile the two-county 
uh, oh. list of real estate transfers. Yes. The much elusive two-county list. Don't ask me how she does it, okay? So uh, there's some probably proprietary algorithm that has been applied <laughs> to this that like, I don't even know anything about. But it was one of our most requested things um, was, can we get Lincoln County property transfers? Yeah, you can. Um, it just takes some work and and she figured it out and you know we don't run all property transfers mm-hmm. and we actually don't run names with our property transfers that was another decision that i made but well we, it was always problematic yeah um but you know i was thinking if, if we're really running this to get a sense of the real estate market and to get a sense of that that high end of the market and, and where that's trending mm-hmm. we do not need to include people's names um yes it's in the public record yes if you go digging you, you can find it but that's just it you, you can know go find it for our purposes and particularly because we're running photos with all of these you know i just thought mm-hmm. you know we don't need to go there. So, um, we, but we do cross-reference uh, Minnehaha and Lincoln County for that weekly list of top home sales. Yeah, and just as a side, it did get hard because there are people who have legitimate reasons. Yes, what, I mean, security and, and so you're type stuck. Reasons. Yeah, you get stuck in this place, and it's just not. Necessary. I was always paranoid that, and because occasionally we would, I would yep. be watching for these things, and I thought, you know what, it's just not worth it. Nope. And then uh, uh, th- it is interesting the degree. To, and well, I was going to talk about something else, but this is interesting though, the degree to which. Uh, Real estate in general is a pretty major driver of what you do, it, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's a major driver, but it's been this good source of mm-hmm. revenue. I mean, it's a good reader growth area, but it's also a good revenue growth area. So when I talk at One Million Cups on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about some of our new revenue. You know, this has been a change in the last year, and one of them is real estate. And I always figured there might be, you know, a home um, for real estate content and. What happened was we just had a realtor probably about a, a little more than a year ago reach out and say, well, can I try to sell a home on the site? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I had been thinking that maybe we could figure something like that out. And if you want to try it and you're willing to list a few with us so we can just see how it goes, I'm willing to try it. So um, they did. And the second house that was listed on the site actually sold because of the listing. Oh, there you go. So that was pretty good proof of concept right off the start. And uh, now we will we cap that too. Um, we cap it at two homes per week. And typically we don't have quite that many. During those busy summer months, we did have that many. We maxed out. But usually we have at least one. Uh, we call them executive homes. Yeah. And, you know, it's a situation where, and this is where that media platform just comes uh, in such uh, usefulness. Our readers aren't necessarily out looking for a home. You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to those home buying websites or actively being part of the market. And yet uh, many of them are committed to Sioux Falls. Um, they have the capacity to buy the right home if it were to be put in front of them. And I think that's the, the type of different audience that we're able to reach through those executive homes. Plus a lot of people who are just kind of curious <laughs> to see what's out there. Not going to lie. Well, and the the one that's on there right now, I, I was noticing. Oh, it's so cool. It's a... Uh, uh, on Main Avenue, right? Modernized McKinnon Park beauty offers charm to spare. It really is a beautiful house. It's, it's got so like a thatch cool. roof and everything. They did. Did you pull up the photos? They did, did just an amazing job with this I house. Did. And that's where it's fun for us to just show the readers what's out there. And I hope we find a good owner for this one. Because find a good home for the home. It's a great opportunity in McKinnon Park. And, you know, last week we had one um, over near the country clubs mm-hmm. that was kind of a similar situation. So it's so fun to see what's been done with these more established homes. Mm-hmm through redesign and, and reinvestment to just bring them into this next stage of life. It's really cool to see. We get plenty out in Lincoln County, too. But, oh, yeah. Uh, when we have these sort of redesigned homes in the core, it's really cool to feature them. One of the things that I've noticed and on your site, but also just driving around, is that space sort of between Sioux Falls and Harrisburg uh, by Lake Alvin out there, Oh my gosh. Oh, there's some oh, nice homes out there, aren't there? Oh my geez, there's there some are. castles. Yes. I know. They're kind of, you know, a little off the radar. We've yeah. listed I think at least one in that area. Yeah, they're very nice homes. <laughs> like whoa. If, who and is if that? you like those natural settings too yep. and that, you know, not quite in town but really close to town. It's taken a little while for that area to take off, which is kind of surprising. It you know, it's though. nice area between like mm-hmm. there's always been some houses out there there's just so much now on the east side that's opened up you know that i think it's it's taken everything maybe a little bit longer we're going to come right back and talk more with jody schwan founder of siouxfalls.business and uh find out some other stuff that's going on talk about wine we're gonna talk about wine this is the patrick lally show information 1000 kso 
448 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are talking with Jody Schwan, founder of SiouxFalls.Business, and this is this is your final segment, Jody. you got to get it all out there. Oh, sad. I know. Well, I pre- again, before we run out of time, thank you very much for, for coming in. I, it's your time and commitment, and, and you didn't have to do it, and so I thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me, and you know, you always, this is silly, but when you're a business owner, it matters, you always got the business name right. <laughs> And that does not always happen. And I really appreciate that. Well, you're probably <laughs> the only one. When you're a website, you know, yep. you kind of need to know, people need to know how to find you. So, no, Patrick always nailed it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's the, I, I mispronounced people's names nope. and all that, but I got that right. You did. Um, hey, let's talk about a couple of businesses that you've been written about, writing about. Uh, one is brand new and that's, uh, it sounds awesome. Wine time. Yes, it is wine time for sure. <laughs> 4.49. Yeah, that's right. So this is a new addition to downtown Sioux Falls. It's in Washington Square next to Parlor Ice Cream House. If you like what Parlor did for ice cream, I think you're going <laughs> to like what Wine Time does for wine. Um, owners are Bob and Kathy Novak. Uh, you know them as the Novaks behind mm-hmm. Novak Sanitary. Um, but they're wine people. Yeah. I got to visit their home. I've never seen anything like it. Um, their basement, <clears throat> if you want to call it a basement, maybe their lower level wine cellar is just incredible. They've got basically a little mini pub down there with this massive cellar and I asked Bob, why wine? And he said, you know, it's the hobby you can share with everybody. And I think in uh, wine time, he's really sharing it with the community. And it's so much fun to go in there. First of all, they've done an incredible job, I think, finishing the space. Uh, Megan Peterson over at the Design House did it. Has a really warm, uh, kind of a big city feel, Mm -hmm. too. Um, And the centerpiece certainly is that cellar. So he has uh, 800-some bottles in there to start. I mean, these guys Mm -hmm. just opened last week. And he managed to narrow his list down to uh, 180-some wines by the glass. So <laughs> That'll take me a while to go through this. Right? List. Now, how can you do that, you ask? Mm-hmm. Well, he's got this device called a Coravin. And essentially what it does is uh, punctures the wine bottle, uh, removes the wine, but does not create oxidation. So you can continue to pour from that bottle uh, for several months. Oh, wow. And that allows him, yeah, to offer a great variety of wines by the glass, including many that we've not seen in this market before. And, you know, whether you're... uh, a wine connoisseur or whether you're kind of a newcomer to the whole wine experience, I think Bob can guide you in a direction that will be good for you. He certainly knows his stuff. There's a little bit of food there, too. He's got a great vendor from New Jersey that's doing the meat and cheese trays. Um, so, again, these are some selections that we haven't seen here previously. And I think he might add some other little food options yeah. as he goes along, too. So Washington Square um, has... Open daily, too, by the way, oh, at 3 right p.m. So, yeah, Sunday as well. So that's it's, okay. uh, it's really kind of changed that whole... Main Avenue Corridor has been changing anyway. But th- that building has just created this kind of... Uh, obviously, it's it's housing, but the main level with with the uh, parlor ice mm-hmm. cream, and there's going to be a restaurant in there at Hopefully, some point. Hopefully, right? hey restaurant operators, if you're out there, we've got a great opportunity for you at Washington Square because it really is. And mm-hmm. I think now you've got these two specialty food and beverage businesses there. We just need that right restaurant, mm-hmm. but you know you want to wait for the right thing too. And Josiah's um, is right around. Josiah's the corner. is right around the corner. You know, even Blarney Stone's right around the yeah. corner. So yeah, that whole area, Mackenzie River's not far, um, oh. has just been reinvigorated, and the building is beautiful. Um, I had a chance to. I think we might have talked about this. Had a chance to walk through. I think nearly every. Up there um, to see how they came together. Gorgeous spaces. Wonderful to see people living downtown and owning real estate downtown. Unfortunately for wine time, um, the majority of that clientele will be elsewhere pretty soon in the winter months. <laughs> but during the nicer weather, he'll have a captive audience right inside the building that well, I'm sure will be giving yep. him some nice business. And he's got an event space right across the street, so he'll be okay. Um, literally, yeah, you walk from his door right into the Washington Pavilion. So my initial conversations that I was hearing at wine time all involved. Now we've got that place to go before and after shows yeah. at the Pavilion. And it, you don't have to walk very far. Not at all. The, uh, uh, the, and we've talked about this before though but that this, the view from the top of washington square is stunning it is beautiful and the other thing people haven't quite figured out yet about washington square is there's parking in it yeah so you know that parking is open to the public at night and on weekends mm-hmm. you can pull right in so if you're going to wine time you don't need to worry about where to park it's free it's covered so you know that's a benefit i know they're trying to talk about more but hopefully people are discovering this because they should take advantage of it um we've run out of time 
because if I start talking about something else, but uh, you've also got on the site right now, uh, Will's training table is going to reopen next week. So yes. that's going to be cool. And you've been through there. Week it looks from pretty today, cool. It looks great. They got a brand new menu. looks really good. Uh, next winter is going to be that expansion though. That's when it's really going to change. Jody Schwan, she's the founder of Siouxfalls.business. And uh, really, if you need to know what's going on in this community, it has anything to do with business, development, entrepreneurship, leadership, retail, restaurants, it's all there. Thank you. Thanks again, Patrick. Good luck to you. Hopefully, we'll do this again somewhere, sometime, in some format. Who hey, knows? The world is ever changing, Jody. That's the That's thing all about Sioux Falls is it's kind of like the great circle of life. <laughs> you tend to get led back to people in different capacities. So here's hoping. Oh, uh, well, thank you very much. And, and I know I'll see you everywhere because. That's the way that the town works, right? Well, at least we're both downtown now, so we'll probably run into each other Absolutely. a little more often. Uh, Jody Schwan, founder of Sioux Falls Business, and we do appreciate her being here. Coming up right after the break, we're going to tell you what's coming up tomorrow as the farewell tour continues. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, uh, this Saturday, by the way, Violet and Union Grove Pickers are playing at Club David, and I tell you that because that's going to be an awesome show because I see uh, my friend Rich Show posting, they're going to cover each other's songs. So I don't know how that's going to go, but it's going to be very interesting. A couple of great bands. You're not going to want to miss that this Saturday at Club David. Uh, the Farewell Tour continues tomorrow. Uh, blogger Scott Ersman of SouthDakota.com, blogger Pat Powers of DakotaWarCollege.com, and of course... The finale, the big finish for the one, the only, the Boone Man, ladies and gentlemen, on Weird Friends. You're not going to want to miss that. Three to five tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.